Mr. Caldlow stood in front of the entrance to the Lucky Penny nightclub. He had been through the narrow copper entrance door before, but this time it seemed heavier somehow. Once inside, he hung up his coat and surveyed the dimly lit nightclub as best he could. Even with effort, it was impossible to identify anyone specific. Cheating wives could be sitting next to the booth of cheating husbands and not even know. The old man tending bar noticed him before the maitre d'. Hey, Mac, are you lost? Hmm? No. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I'm looking for the, the head chef. Just a moment, sir. Yes, there's a Mr. Uh... Oh, uh, Caldlow. Mr. Caldlow, here to see you. Right away. You can head down the hallway to the left of the stage, Mr. Caldlow. Yep, thank you. Life's a coat of many colors. Wow. She's beautiful. Mr. Caldlow thought he was thinking silently to himself, but he actually said the words out loud. The beautiful brown jazz singer must have heard him or read his lips because she winked at him and his heart skipped a beat. He didn't realize it could still do that. He hadn't paid attention to a woman's beauty in quite a long time, specifically eight years since he married his wife, Mrs. Caldlow. Even now he normally wouldn't have except the mirror behind her accentuated her body and beauty even more than her sultry voice already had. It was difficult to look away. The hallway to the left ran the length of the stage and continued beyond the back of the stage, past the kitchen, and even beyond the alleyway door. Two waiters were trying to disregard the rain, currently on their smoke break. Finally, Mr. Caldwell came to a sturdy steel door overlaid with copper. It was nearly identical to the front entrance he already came through, but was much wider. He knocked, but it was so dense that no sound resulted, like smacking concrete with your bare hand. Welcome, Mr. Caldwell. Can I get you anything to drink? No. No, thank you, head chef. I'm... I'm fine. Are you sure? I'm quite proud of my collection here. Mr. Caldlow's attention was then drawn to the wall to his left. There were glass shelves that ran the length of the wall with dim lighting behind each bottle. They started at knee height and rose to six feet before they stopped. It almost looked like a shrine, it was so tastefully designed. Mr. Caldlow was intrigued by some of the bottles he saw, particularly the Macallan M. Lalique, which was a $235,000 bottle of whiskey. Wait, what? It's a marvelous piece of engineering, isn't it? Yeah, I think. The sound is perfect. How is that possible? You think there would be some kind of muffling or something, right? It took me weeks to develop the right engineering specs. Even then, I was struggling with one problem after the next before I finally figured out how 
to get perfect quality sound without the need for speakers. Wait, there are no speakers? That's amazing. The head chef smiled as he watched Mr. Caldlow stand within one foot of the beautiful brown lounge singer named Café. A one-way mirror stood between him and the woman that he obviously felt was as gorgeous as her voice was mellifluous. Mr. Caldlow knew he was standing in the exact place that he was looking at earlier when he entered the club. A perfectly placed mirror that was meant to accentuate the beautiful singer's curvature to its maximum sensuality. The oddly erotic placement unnerved him and caused him to instinctively step away from the divider. Instead, he admired her from a decent distance. After that, the two men talked without interruption for another hour before Mr. Caldlow realized the time. Oh my goodness. Is it really already seven? I didn't realize I'd lost such track of time. It's quite alright, Mr. Caldwell. I've been enjoying our conversation as well. I don't mean to sound rude or anything, but this all feels so normal, you know? How so? I'm a lawyer. I'm used to talking about nothing to make others comfortable until we get down to the real business. Now how do you go about doing that? Um, you, you talk about neutral things, like uh, your large painting there on the wall. It's got a, a deep burgundy and magenta, yet it tastefully complements the room here. Or your uh, personal kitchen that sticks out the back wall like a peninsula with one bar stool inside the circle and another on the outside for a single guest. Even your view from behind the glass allows you to see everything in the club. Even the bartender near the front door. Why, Mr. Caldwell, you should have been a detective. You have an instant eye for detail. Ah. Uh, yeah. That may have been safer work. But only if you were just as corrupt. It is Dice City, after all. It sure is. It is Dice City. And besides, it's easy just to describe a room. Mr. Caldlow pulled the lighter from his jacket pocket, about ready to light a cigarette. I wish you wouldn't. Smoking dulls the sense of taste by altering the shape of one's taste buds. It also hinders the production of saliva and blood vessels in the tongue, thereby ruining the flavor of everything. Have you ever noticed that bars with heavy smoker traffic offer sweet and fruity drinks? They do this because the smoker has destroyed their palate. Mr. Caldwell, I would prefer for you to keep your palate. My love, thank you for that. I had a couple clients about a year back. They were going to testify against Mr. Casadante. I informed him and thought nothing more about it. I continued on with my depositions and interviews and I prepared my case. 
And one morning, I get a call from Dice City Police Department. Both men had died in an accident at some hotel pool. Was that you, head chef? That's a very bold question, Mr. Caldwell. Very well. Mr. Jones and Mr. Verikoff both were avid drug users and drinkers. They mixed the wrong kind of the two and drowned in Mr. Verikoff's personal pool. It was not a hotel pool. I provided the drugs and waited for them to pass out on the living room floor. I then changed their clothing to swimwear, moved all the drugs to a table next to the pool, and then slipped them in like they were children ready to play. They didn't even know what happened. So yes, Mr. Caldwell, I did that. The Dice Gazette said it was an accident. That's true, but the Dice Disclosure said it seemed like a convenient hit. Probably done by a professional. You and I both know which paper is the better one. Yeah. No argument there. I can't believe she did this! Are you referring to... My wife. Yes. She's so selfish. When, when we were dating, she was wonderful. She was fun and playful, and she, she even liked listening to me rant about engineering principles. She was everything a man could want. Then as soon as the honeymoon phase was over, she flips like a coin to the other side. She wanted more things when before she only ever needed my company. I, I had to take more cases and make even more money, but even then, she, she wasn't happy. I just kept trying and trying and working so hard for her, but it, she just wouldn't join me in what could be our happy marriage. She, she just kept making it worse. Even now, her, her solution isn't just to say, I'm leaving, gonna go find someone else. No, it's, let's kill my husband so I can move on. What about me? What about me? You want to know how I found out about this hit? It's on my credit card statement. Right there, in black and white, $20,000 withdrawn. She used my own money to pay to have me killed! <laughs> Just can't believe that she would do this. Why me? I'm sorry, Mr. Caldwell. She is a terrible woman, through and through. <laughs> Chef, can I, can I ask you a, a question? In my experience, one must ask the question, so please. Go ahead. 
Can you... Forgo my contract? Can I ask that you not... Kill me? The head chef grabbed a bottle of bourbon from the shelf wall and placed two glasses on the circular table. No. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate it. It's not really something I, I get a lot of these days, is it? You are welcome, but there is more I would like to do for you. What do you mean? Mr. Caldwell, what is your favorite meal? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it clashes or if it sounds silly or even strange. I would like to make it for you here tonight. I really appreciate that, Chef, but I don't have any money. I left my wallet at home with my wife. No, no. Mr. Carlo, this is on the house. Whatever you want, including whatever drink you see that you would like to try, please. Oh, um... Uh, okay, uh, let me think. Uh, a, a veal cut with uh, macaroni and cheese, and one glass of uh, Pinot Noir, uh, one Coke, and an Irish coffee to finish the meal off. Oh, and uh, with an apple cinnamon coffee cake. That, that would be very nice. Very good, sir. Please sit and talk with me while I prepare your meal. I would enjoy us continuing our earlier conversation. And now my friend, bon appetit. Wow, uh, this is amazing. What did you put in the mac and cheese? I can see that retaining your palate was a good choice. I fried up thick applewood bacon. I fried it to a crisp, basically ground it into a dust, and then added it to the top of the macaroni and cheese when it still had five minutes left to bake. I'm glad it came through in the flavor. Yeah, you're right. It's so good. I almost like it more than the veal. Now that is high praise. Your apple coffee cake will be done soon. How does an Irish coffee sound to go with that? Uh, <laughs> that sounds perfect. Thank you, chef. Thank you. You are very welcome, my friend. Time once again got lost due to the moments of perfection Mr. Caldwell was enjoying. Café was about to start her last set of the evening when the head chef put his arm around Mr. Caldwell's shoulder and steered him toward the shrine of bottles of alcohol. He told him to choose whichever bottle he wanted. Mr. Caldwell studied the wall and really did want to try the bottle of Macallan M. Lalique, but decided against it. Instead, he only asked about it. Hey chef, what does the Macallan taste like? Oh, it's very good. It's smooth and full of flavor, but one really must try it. 
Shall I get you a glass? Really, truly, to describe it does not do it justice. No, 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 thank you, Chef. That, that kind of class would be wasted on someone like me. Mr. Caldwell, you are terribly wrong. That sort of drink was meant to be had by someone of your fine quality. Again, thank you, Chef, but I must respectfully disagree. Uh, besides, I'm tired of trying to keep up. Uh, let me have a drink of that <laughs> Sir Edward's whiskey. Sir Edward's? Mr. Caldor, are you sure? It's a vile whiskey. It's little more than sewage water. In fact, if you add even a little water to it, it's ruined completely. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, but I come from simple places. I'd like to return there, if you'll permit me. <laughs> Whatever you would like, sir. May I attempt to enjoy it with you? I would really like that. Yeah. <coughs> oh, it is so bad. <laughs> it sure is. Why do you even have this? <laughs> well, <laughs> my guess is it probably completed the set. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Chef, can I ask you a personal question? Of course. What's your price normally? Like for a contract? $20,000 for males over 21. $25,000 for females over 21. High profile targets are on a case by case basis. I do not kill children. <laughs> All I have is a is a dollar because I uh, I left my wallet at home with the wife. <laughs> Mr. Caldwell, it is eleven forty-seven. It's time to go home. Don't worry. I'll help you to the car. I'll drive. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really appreciate you. The head chef carried his far too drunk friend to the car and carefully placed him in the passenger seat. The drive back to Mr. Caldlow's home was peaceful and relaxing, something the head chef wanted for Mr. Caldlow. He deserved so much more, the head chef thought as he softly smiled at his sleeping friend. He pulled up the garage door, parking the car inside. He then easily transferred the passed out Mr. Caldlow to the driver's seat and emptied a full bottle of Sir Edward's into his mouth. The head chef winced as he gently massaged Mr. Caldlow's throat so the alcohol would flow unimpeded. After that, he only needed to inform his client that the job was done.
Is it done? Is the idiot dead? It is certain that he will be dead by morning. Yes. Yes! I can finally move on with my life. All right, you can leave, Chef. Our business is done. You really need to call me the head chef, Miss Caldwell. Only my friends get to call me chef. As for business, I still have some left for tonight. You see, I accepted a contract earlier that still needs fulfilling. I just have one last question for you. Miss Caldwell. What is your favorite meal? Thank you for listening to Dice City Culinary Courtesy with Fabricating Fiction. Special thanks to Tim Testinas for narration, music composition, and performance. Joshua C. Myers as the voice of Mr. Caldlow and head of audio and video editing. Tiffany R. Hyde as the voice of Mrs. Caldlow. Andrew C. Hyde as the voice of the old bartender and the head chef, as well as writing and quality control. The best way you can support us now is to spread the word to others. So please post, tweet, and chat about our podcast. Our team loves working on audio dramas, and we want to hear your opinions on our social media as well. So please contact us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also check out our Patreon later this month. Links to all of these are in the episode description. Thank you so much from Fabricating Fiction. <laughs>